0: Welcome, everyone, to the brand new podcast called The Yaz Cast. I am Yazan Baruki, also known as Yaz. Uh, joining me is Raji Kurbej, uh, who is my older cousin and a fellow co-host on the previous podcast, Sixers Weekly. Uh, shout out Francisco Rojas. Uh, we were part of Rojas Media, and we did Sixers Weekly all of last year. And now we're branching off and doing something very similar, but a little new. So this is NBA Weekly. NBA Weekly will meet once a week and discuss the hottest topics in the NBA and including the Sixers, our Philadelphia 76ers, will be mostly the main topic. But we're going to talk about all the NBA, which is a very big difference from our last uh, podcast. Uh, the AskCast is something new that I'm starting. I'm very excited about it. I want to shout out the guys in the Cast, my previous podcast that I worked with, uh, Connor Reisenberger and Andrew Mancini. Uh, those two guys helped me start up a brand new podcast uh, almost two years ago now. And, you know, we really were just amateurs starting off with that podcast and have really grown since. And it's really it's been a blast ever since. So I really want to thank them. And they're what inspired me to even start this brand new podcast and kind of go a little solo with it. Um, so you know the NBA Weekly will be a sub channel off the Yazcast and will be part of the main whole of the Yazcast. And then later on, we're gonna have uh, different sub channels, like maybe a talk with Yaz, and we'll we'll discuss those topics a little later. But right now, we gotta get in the thick of things with the NBA. There is a lot going on. Um, you know, everyone knows James Harden is in town in Philadelphia. The beard is here, um, and hopefully, this Ben Simmons saga is over with. Um, I don't know if the, the former listeners of the Sixers weekly remember Raji, uh, was a big, big fan and defender of Ben Simmons. I mean, I mean, there was no one in the city of Philadelphia that defended Ben Simmons more than this man. Um, so I, that, now I'm going to introduce Raji and I'm going to get your take on this whole trade. Take it away, Raji.
1: Sheesh. Um, beautiful intro. Hello everyone. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Uh, Man, I like, okay, so (laughs) Ben Simmons um, is on the court, one of my favorite players of all time, essentially, right? I mean, I everyone's known me since I was a kid. I've always been a LeBron fan. Um, I I love players like Magic, like LeBron, like LaMelo Ball, like uh, Ben Simmons. I know those guys don't have a lot of commonalities, and it's weird to even hear their names together in a sentence. But in general, the oversized guard that likes to pass um, you know, quicker than usual, that type of player, that type of uh, prototype, so to speak, is is my favorite type of player. Um, and with Ben Simmons being drafted here and stuff, was always my favorite player on the Sixers. Um, but we all know his his mortal sin, the inexcusable sin last year in the playoffs, um, he quit on the team, he quit on the city, and that I can't forgive. And so uh, with that being said, I now that he's in Brooklyn, I have no reason to care about the guy. I have no reason to like the guy. Uh, we don't like to use F-bombs on here, but we'll just say F-Ben Simmons forever and ever. Um, yeah. So man. in general, I think it, for me personally, uh, this trade is exactly what I wanted. Um, I, I've been telling people for a long time, just wait. Daryl Morey does this. This is what he's good at. This is what he's known for. Um, he is the best general manager in the league. I was happy when we got him. He came in here. His first deal after coming in here was getting rid of the Al Horford contract, right? Got us out of a bad place, opened up cap room, got good pieces around and beaten Simmons at the time. And then when Simmons quit, uh, took his time. I mean, yes. How many times did we hear on ESPN? Oh, the best you getting for Simmons is a couple of Sacramento role players. Oh, you should have taken the Malcolm Brogdon deal. You're not going to get a superstar for him. You're asking too much, this, this, and that. We got a Hall of Famer. Who is still okay? Granted, the tail end of his prime, still in his prime, right? Um, so I want to I want to bring it back to you with a question um, that I've kind of been asking myself. I think I think I'm at the answer here, but I've kind of been asking myself this: Did we give up too much? I know I know James Harden is incredible, right? I know this combination is great between him and and Joel Embiid, but we gave up. Are the best backup center Joel Embiid's ever had, right? Arguably the best role player shooter in the league, and Ben Simmons was a was a no go regardless. But what was it? Three first round picks, two first round picks. Two sorry. First round, yeah. So, w- was that too much
0: in your opinion? See, the thing with the Ben Simmons Harden trade was it obviously was not a steal for either team, and but I still don't think we gave up too much. Look, look at it this way. Andre Drummond, you know, I actually thank him for what he did this year. You know, he, you know, there was not a lot like high expectations for him coming into the season. And he really, he really went above and beyond being that backup center that Joel really needed. And like you said, he was probably the best backup center Joel has ever had. Um, So I really thank Andre Drummond for his time in Philly. And honestly, that is a big loss but he was on a veteran contract a one year deal you know he was playing well this year where he i don't think he was staying in free agency with us you know he would definitely was going to go somewhere else after the other was guy was though you know, and then there's Seth Curry. Uh, yeah. I love Seth Curry. I've always been a big, a big fan of Seth Curry, even before he was on the Sixers. You know, I, I, I love that. I love Duke, and he was a Dukey before he was a Sixer uh, with the Austin Rivers on that Duke squad. Um, so I've been a Seth Curry fan since he's been in college. So I know the talent that he has. And he, he killed it for us last year in the playoffs. But I look at it this year. You know, he's kind of, his play has kind of been a little down, especially lately, as of late. Um, kind of sucks seeing him go off for Brooklyn last night, but you know, S- Seth Curry. You when you replace Curry with a guy like Harden, you're not even gonna think about Seth Curry on the Sixers. And that's my thing is like, okay, you lost a shooter in Seth Curry. Well, you just gained James. You just gained James Harden. Um, you know, so it's it was a fair trade for both sides. I felt like you know, no, right. both now- sides are are equally are equally better because of it. Um, And it's, it's so frustrating. And I know we're going to touch on, touch on this a little later, but it's so frustrating to see the sports media react to this, especially, Many, many reporters on ESPN, which I'm losing a lot of respect for Um, main, main guy is Stephen A. And we know he does it for his ratings, for the for the hype, the reviews. But this man, before the trade happened, was like Joel Embiid, uh, Daryl Morey is wasting Joel Embiid's prime because he won't trade Ben Simmons. And then we trade Ben Simmons for James Harden and pairing up James Harden with Joel Embiid. And now you got Stephen A. saying that is one of the worst moves in um, Maury's career. Like, what? What are you saying there? What are you saying? Yeah. This is the most <laughs> dominant pair. Like you always say, like you've been saying, Roger, this is the most dominant pair since Shaq and Kobe. You know, so yeah. where, I mean where are, to-
1: to give, to give Stephen a kind of the benefit of the doubt, um, he did say the day before the trade happened that Daryl Morey shouldn't make that trade to Brooklyn. He said if there's only two teams, um, you, should give, you shouldn't give a Ben Simmons to, it's Brooklyn and Golden State. I mean, that, that kind of leads into our next question is how, you know, I, I want to touch a little bit on how Ben Simmons will do in Brooklyn and vice versa and who's going to be a better team, right? So now, now we're on the same kind of playing field with Brooklyn and that they have a very strong duo between uh, KD and Ben Simmons. I hesitate to call it a trio because Kyrie is Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have also a very strong duo. So, I mean, to me, the, the media thing, I love it. I, I always have. Um, it pisses me off to see them and the way that they treat Philly. Um, but I love it. I mean, I mean, it's like, I enjoy going on the news media, right. And watching a deal like this happen where, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, but I think like you can't, you can't talk about this trade for four hours a day and have it all be Brooklyn, right? Like sure. Ben Simmons is a great player in my opinion, right? He's one of the best defenders on the planet all he needs around him is people to actually score for him because he can't score the ball. And he got that. And he got the best scorer in the league, the best player in the league, arguably. Right. So sure. That's great. But you're also looking at, like you just mentioned, the best guard and big combo since Shaq and Kobe. Right. I mean, like this is, I don't know. I I mean, to, in my opinion, the Sixers should be and are the, the favorites to win the title. Right? Yeah, no. If Harden is healthy and he's facilitating the ball and playing the way he should be playing, which we know he will, right? Joel Embiid, enough said, MVP of the league. And Tobias Harris, don't sleep on Tobias Harris. I mean, let, let me just break down a little bit of Tobias Harris's uh, uh, thing that, that I've kind of noticed. Uh, last year during Sixers Weekly, we love Tobias Harris, right? Philly loved Tobias Harris. And when we used to break it down, It was always one consistent pattern was that Doc Rivers has gotten Tobias Harris to be a quick decision maker. Don't put the ball on the floor, right? Don't slow the game down. Once you grab that ball, you decide I'm either going to dribble and go straight to the bucket with my head down. I'm going to shoot this ball or I'm going to hand it back off to a guard. And that's it. Right. And that decision is a split second decision, literally while the ball is on its way to his hands. And that's how Tobias Harris is meant to be used. And last year he put up 20 points a game on almost 50, 40, 90, which what, less than 10 players in NBA history have done 50, 40, 90 being 50% uh, field goal, 40% from three, 90% uh, free throw. So efficiency, right? So super efficient, 20 points a game doing great this year. He started seeing some double teams. Uh, He started dribbling more, reminding me a little bit of uh, like New York Knicks, Carmelo Anthony, where he would just touch the ball, slow the game down, Um, you know, and then just do a shitty ISO until he missed the ball, didn't look up, didn't make the right passes. Uh, that's the Tobias we're seeing now, but now that he's a third option, I think we see, you know, 25 to 30 points a game from James Harden, almost 30 points a game from Joel Embiid and a solid, efficient 20 points a game from Tobias Harris. Oh, and by the way, we have Tyrese Maxey, by the way, we still have Danny Green, who's streaky hot when he wants to be. And we have, you know, outside of Ben Simmons, the best defender, defender, perimeter defender in the NBA. So to me personally, this is biased, but to me personally, I think the Sixers are the better team after this trade. Do you agree on that?
0: Yes. No, I 100% agree. The Sixers are the better team in this trade. And also we didn't give up, like you said, Maxi or Matisse Thybul. Maxi is a future all-star and Matisse is going to be, First team all defense for the next five years, probably even more, could have a defensive player of the year award for all we know. Um, those two guys I was so happy about that we didn't include in the trade. And I really mean it. I think that they're key pieces for our championship run. Um, you know, and like you said, with the Brooklyn, it's a mess that situation still. Kyrie, Kyrie's still being a drama queen, you know. Yeah. You know, why? You know, stop making it personal. Help if you want to win, you wanna you actually want to succeed. Take the, take the vaccine, help your team out. Like <laughs> they, why, why are you still being a drama queen? You I read
1: what? somewhere, I read somewhere uh, yesterday that said the, the only thing standing between the Brooklyn Nets and a championship is a CVS appointment. <laughs> uh,
0: that is, it's true. I, Kyrie Irving, if, he stays like this, and he's only playing away games. The Nets are gonna be nowhere near the title. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm not scared of the Nets. I'm more scared of Milwaukee and Giannis, and I'm scared of Brooklyn. I really am, just yeah. because that Brooklyn team is never gonna fully succeed if you got a guy that only showing up for away games. What's gonna happen if you have a playoff series at home, a Game Seven game at home? What your best player in Kyrie, your best point guard is not gonna play. Like, come on, that and. It's just Brooklyn be-
1: still has one glaring issue, um, and that is who guards the big man, who guards Joel Embiid. I mean, we're because right now with these teams, we're talking about the East, right? So we're gonna, it's going to be basically a three-team pool to see who wins the East. You could throw Miami in there, make it four teams, whatever. But in general, uh, Milwaukee can give Joel Embiid some trouble. Brooklyn cannot. I want to transition to uh, since you were saying. Um, you know about like how much of of a mess Brooklyn looks like. We got the Ben Simmons pie or the Ben Simmons press conference today from Brooklyn, um, and I know you watched it, so I'm literally just gonna give you the floor and <laughs> listen to you vent. Uh, I want to hear about both. I want to hear about the Harden yeah. press conference and uh, what you heard from Simmons.
0: I'm gonna talk about the Simmons one, and honestly, it was like watching a comedy skit. It really was. It was just <laughs> no, and it it really really like pissed me off watching his press conference it really did look mental health is a big issue especially now in our society you know everyone goes through it right Um, there's a lot of NBA players that physically go through it I just don't think that was the case for Ben Simmons and I hate this I hate to you know judge or talk about anyone's mental health but I think that Simmons was kind of using it like an act which is disrespectful to everyone that suffers from mental illness you know He stayed away from the Sixers team for four or five months because all because, oh, sorry, he put the mental like mental health problem in there. And then now he gets traded right to Brooklyn. He shows up right away to their practice in their first game. That's disrespectful to me. That really is. And then you want to come out in his press conference today. He said the problem never was the Sixers fans, the city or that. So, okay, so why now you get traded to Brooklyn, you're showing up on the bench, you're going to practice. Where was that in Philly? If it was not about the fans, it wasn't about, you know, the city or the players, you know, it's it, it really, really frustrated me for him to say that. It really did. It just, it, it, it's like a lie to me. It really is. And it's very disrespectful. Um, it's,
1: it's just pathetic. I mean, like, I understand that, Sure, he, he was probably depressed, right? Yeah. He, was, he was probably going through it, all that stuff. But you don't, you don't use that as the way to get out of this, right? Like now that if he would have said, I don't want to play in Philly, okay? I hate Philly. I have family issues going on, stuff like that. My mental health is not good. I'm not playing this season. Sure, go ahead, right? But the fact that he said he wasn't going to play and then started to get fined, and then said, okay, I'm cool with getting fined, and then realized that all of his money was in escrow and he was actually going to lose millions of dollars, and then to come out and say, oh, it's my mental health, right? And then two weeks later, we get a report that says he hasn't even seen a therapist that Mm -hmm. was provided to him. Exactly. And these kinds of things, that's the disrespectful part, is that it's not only that he used the mental health card about why he's not playing, but he used it in the most convenient time when it would save him money. If he would have came out with that right at first. Sure. I mean, even last year we were covering uh, uh, some of the things that happened with Ben Simmons family. You know what I mean? Um, it last year during the playoffs I, or after the playoffs, I don't think any player has been bullied more than Ben Simmons has mm-hmm. by the national media, by the rest of the NBA, by literally everybody. My brother doesn't even know anything about basketball and was calling me asking about why people are memeing Ben Simmons, right? <laughs> like the, it's, I, it's understandable for you to be depressed and sad. And, you know, this guy is, is what a year older than you.
0: Yeah, he's not, you, you know, he's you, not a grown ass
1: man yet. So, so I get it, but doing that in the most convenient time to save money just showed me that it was never genuine. Um, now let's talk about the hard press conference a little bit. Um, let me just give some key takeaway quotes and then I want to get your opinions on it. Um, so just some takeaways, Um, Harden said Philly was his first choice. Um, he said when he left Houston, he got traded to Brooklyn, but would have rather came to Philly. Um, Morey, uh, when asked about not having picks, uh, I think it was Howard Eskin that asked him, you know, are you concerned about not having draft picks after this? Um, and he basically said, we made this trade to win. Now our goal is to win a championship. If we want picks, we'll get them later. Um, James Harden called Philadelphia fans, the greatest fans in the league fully agree um and I mean just all in all I think it's you know Harden looked happy he looked like he was where he wanted to be uh videos came out today of him and Embiid in practice he was like teaching him his little you know two-step step back deadly. Stuff like that.
0: that's deadly by the way the teacher will, uh, be that.
1: yeah um also pictures of him standing next to uh standing next to Maxie uh, mm-hmm. I think he'll be very very good for Maxie's progression and um on you know on the side Paul Millsap is here he was at the press conference mm-hmm. um, and Daryl Morey did confirm that in the off season we were trying to get Paul Millsap. Um, I believe he was a free agent, but anyway, mm-hmm. so that wasn't like an accident or something that was just thrown in. Uh, They do, it seems like fully intend to use mm-hmm. uh Paul Millsap, which yeah. is great. Cause I love Paul Reed Um, just, yeah. you know, from, from a guy standpoint, like he's just that bull. But at the end of the day, Uh, Paul Reed is not ready to be, you know, a backup center or a backup big in the playoffs in the NBA.
0: On a a championship team. No, I agree. Look, I don't want to touch. I don't want to speak too much on the James Harden press conference, because honestly, it was just what we all expected. Um, You know, we he wanted to be here. We knew he wanted to be here. We wanted him here. So it's all it's all mutual love. And he showed it right away. And, you know, if you get the fans, he's smart. He got the fans on board from right away in the press conference. And, you know, he did state, like, I, every player always goes, ah, oh, the best fans in the world for every city and team they play for. But he was like, no, like, I mean that. He really was like, I'm not just saying that because I'm playing for this city. Like, I mean that. I mean that the Philly fans are the best and I'm glad that, now I could go in the stadium and they're not booing me, they're cheering me. Um, And that, it just put a smile on my face. You know, it, 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 I, the press conference went a lot better than I thought. Like, he's actually, like, Showing that he really wants to be here, he's super happy, and man, he's ready to go win a chip. And I think all Sixers fans are ready.
1: I agree. All right, so this is NBA Weekly now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are going to transition to the second half of the episode, which is uh, the half where we talk about the NBA in general. First, I want to get um, one last, you know, little thirty seconds. Um, the Sixers starting lineup. Now we know that it's most likely going to be um, Harden and Maxi in the backcourt. Um, Tobias and Embiid in the front court. Uh, Who do you think starts at the small forward? Is it going to be Danny or or you think they'll put Matisse in there?
0: I say you put Matisse just because you have – a shooter in Harden where you don't have to rely on Danny Green's shooting ability. Um, And I think Danny Green will be great coming off the bench, honestly, like running it with the two. I I think it's like him and Matisse kind of like splitting minutes in a way. Um, Danny Green, uh, Matisse starting, but Danny Green, you put him in maybe late game situations, kind of like a little rotation with him and Matisse. But I think starting you, you've been starting Matisse all year. I think you stick with it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, So let's get to the NBA. The um nba as a total well wow. uh, i want i I just want like the first teams that come into your head uh, i don't know how <laughs> much you prepared for this but the first couple teams that come into your head uh who do you think are the biggest overachievers um and who do you think are the biggest underachievers so far this season we're we're going to be saying the first half you <laughs> though it's not half um you know we're 50 something games in but you know, since it's the all-star break, we'll just call yeah.
0: it. It's half. almost halfway, Mark. Yeah. No, I, I, I got to start with underachievers. And I think that this is the biggest one. And then, you know, everyone's talking about it is the LA Lakers. Um, obviously underachieving, but I, I I still think that they shouldn't worry yet. I still, I, I don't know. I still have faith in LeBron and that LA team. I think that, Yeah. West, Russell Westbrook's going through one of the worst slumps in his career, maybe the worst um, shooting and just everything, everything. Just, he just, he needs more motivation. Um, AD has just been hurt all year. Um, they got a weird bench. Like it's just the, the rotations just don't fit. I think Frank Vogel is not a good coach. I've been saying that since they won a championship. I, I just don't think you even need a good coach when you got LeBron on the team. Um, but the LA, that LA team, I think, there shouldn't be a lot of worry with, um, it's LeBron. Come on guys. Don't forget who LeBron James is. Who's playing outstanding this year under the radar. Um, I just think that he's just put in a very, very unfortunate situation. Um, I'm not saying the Lakers are even going to contend for a chip this year. I don't know, but I think that they'll, they'll, they'll fix it up a little. They'll get to the playoffs and who will, I got to see more to really predict how they'll do in the playoffs. Um, over, uh,
1: LeBron averaging 29, eight and six, by the way, on 52% shooting
0: at 37 years old. But <laughs> so I think he's 37 um, overachievers. I got to go with the Phoenix Suns, uh, the NBA best team right now, best record in the NBA. Uh, obviously, they're coming off a finals appearance and you like, right. That should be an easy thing to say, like, oh, no, why are they over They're They're achieving what they should be. I think no, since they made it to the finals and lost, everyone kind of just forgot about the Phoenix Suns. Um, the media, everyone else. It's just, you know, it's been the Lakers, it's been the Warriors, a lot about the Warriors, um, you know, and then the whole East situation. But no one's really talking about the Phoenix Suns. And man, they're a solid team. They're a solid ass 10. team. Um, they're 46
1: and 10 right now. That's,
0: that's insane. I think the second best record is like five games back from that. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, so Chris Paul is still playing like the best point guard in the world right now. Um, Devin Booker's consistent. Uh, I don't really like Aiden on that team just because he doesn't provide that big scoring ability that you would love to see with Paul and Booker. But uh, honestly, Phoenix is a title contender, and I think they're Phoenix, the biggest overachievers in the uh, NBA.
1: Cool. Uh, I'm. I mean, I agree. I agree with both of those. I wouldn't really. I wouldn't really say Phoenix is overachieving I mean they they were in the finals last year so I don't Mm -hmm. personally I I disagree that they're overachieving I think I expected them to be you know one of the top three to five teams in the league they are top one um by a good margin I mean 46 and 10 is insane uh so I guess you know kind of overachieving um but my biggest overachievers are uh probably Cleveland and Memphis I mean Mm -hmm. Cleveland 35 and 22, uh, without Colin Sexton, um, you know, just or yeah, Sexton's the one that's hurt, right? Garland's Garland's
0: that Garland's that man, though.
1: Yeah. I mean, they and and they just got better at the trade deadline. I mean, they're they're a good team. I've always liked Jared Allen, even even when he played in Brooklyn. Um, I, I think Garland is a very good guard. I've been saying for a while that he's probably better than Sexton. I mean, Sexton's a hot player in terms of like. When he's balling, I mean, I, I forget who they were playing last year, that one game where he just snapped in the play. They snapped in the, on the Sixers. <laughs> yeah, played really well against the Sixers. Yeah. But, I just think
0: him and Garland don't mesh together, to be honest with yeah. you.
1: Yeah. And, and I think if you're going to keep one of them, it's got to be Garland, especially after this season, after what you've seen. All star. Um, yeah. Ch- Chicago, I guess you could say, is an overachieving mm. team, but that's, you know, we expected them to be pretty good. Uh, this step that John Morant is, has taken this year, though, man, it, I mean, this guy is he's special. He's it, I mean, there's not much more to say about it. Yeah, I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. is incredible. Uh, Steven Adams is good. Uh, they have they just they have good players. But mm-hmm. John Morant has that team on his shoulders at number three in the West. Um, just just crazy. Uh, who else? I mean, I mean, Miami is number one in the East right now. Um, that I, I I don't know. I don't know if I believe that, <laughs> you know, it's, it is, it, you know, pre all-star break, you're going to see the Miami, the Chicago. You had Cleveland
0: um, at number two last week. So it's still like the East is just back and forth right now. There's no set like favorite for that one seed.
1: Yeah. Um, so for my underachievers, I'm going to go with the Knicks. Ooh, good one. Uh, it, I mean, nobody really expected them to be a phenomenal team, but they're bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, like
0: really, really bad. Not just yeah, like really. they really, really bad.
1: Yeah, twenty five and thirty three. I mean, they just—they literally just don't have a point guard. Like they said, forget it. Um, <laughs> is Kemba still there?
0: Yeah, man. Kemba's just.
1: Yeah, I, Kemba's there. I mean, D Rose is still there. Like I, I don't know. I, I I haven't watched many Knicks games, but just looking at it and seeing like Randall's numbers, um, R.J. Barrett still hasn't really become anywhere near what people thought he would be i mean he's a good prospect but
0: he's doing a lot better this year i'll give him that but it's honestly the 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 main problem in new york is julius Randle, just underperforming by a lot how do you go from an all-star starter last year to the way that you're performing this year you know it's he's the main reason and i just hate tom Thibodeau, um, the Knicks coach i think that he's just i don't i don't like his coaching style and like you said there's no point guard how can you Playing the NBA with no point guard. I mean, they benched Kemba basically. And, uh, you know, Tyrese Maxey's fellow Kentucky brother, Emmanuel Quickly, who everyone was last year so hype on, is not developing the way his uh, brother Maxey is. So, you know, it's it's uh, the Knicks are a dumpster fire right now, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: Now. All right. So now from that, I want to transition into uh, who do you think is going to get that boost after the All-Star break? Um, now let's, let me just go over really quick, uh, that playoff picture. I mean, Heat, Bulls, Cavs are top three in the East right now. Then you have Sixers, Bucks, uh, Celtics, Raptors, Nets, and then the Hornets and Hawks are in the play-in, um, in the West, you have Suns, Warriors, Grizzlies are way up top 40 wins and up. Those are, it's crazy. The top three teams in the league are the top three teams in the West. Always. And then after that, you have Jazz uh, Mavericks who are playing better than I Mm -hmm. thought they would. Um, Then you have Denver, Minnesota, uh, the Clippers, the Lakers, and Portland. So, who do you see, like, you know, maybe that I didn't mention that could jump up into a playoff spot or just one of those teams toward the bottom? I mean, I'll start by saying the Lakers. Mm -hmm. um, And you kind of touched on that. Uh, Russell Westbrook always has a bad first half of the season. And always comes back from it. We saw it last year with Washington um, halfway through the season before the trade deadline, they're talking about blow it up. Him and Bill won't work, whatever it was. Um, they were, I believe the worst team in the league going into the all-star break. And then he turned it around, turned them into a playoff team. Uh, we saw a little streak from Russ. That was just absolutely crazy. I think he jumped up to number one in wizards history in triple doubles in like half a season. So I I, I think the Lakers, end up bouncing back. Uh, But who do you see as kind of that team who makes the jump or conversely, the team that, you know, just kind of falls off the cliff after this?
0: Yeah, no, like, I mean, the easy pick is to say the Lakers, right? But, you know, a team that's, like you said, has been under the radar and has been pretty good this year the Dallas Mavericks. Um, And I think that Lucas hasn't been playing to the level that everyone thought he would, but he's starting to heat up lately. And I think that once the all-star game hits after that, he's just going to be on fire. I really believe that. Um, They got rid of KP. And honestly, it's like a little questionable trade, but you know, it's, the trade is growing on me just because I was never a fan of KP. Never, especially in that Dallas team. He just did not help Luca at all. He's been hurt 90% of the time he was in Dallas. Um, so you can bring in a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie and, you know, kind of having that two guard game with uh, Dinwiddie and Doncic, And I think that Luka is going to really like succeed with that trade. And it's going to surprise a lot of people. And I think that I, I, the Dallas Mavericks are nowhere near a title contender, nowhere near, but I think yeah. that Luka is going to take that jump after the All-Star game.
1: I agree. I mean, the best the, I always say this, the best ability is availability. Mm-hmm. Um, KP is a good player. I mean, back back in the Knicks days when he was young and healthy and he got like the unicorn nickname was absolutely crazy. Um, but, you know, Kyrie Irving is talent-wise one of the best guards the NBA has ever seen. I don't think Kyrie Irving is a good player because he's missing the best ability that you can have as a basketball player, which is availability. I mean, you can't say someone's a good player when they play 11 games a season, right? So
0: um,
1: same same kind of thing. I, I kind of feel bad for Porzingis in a way. Um, But they got to do what they got to do. I love Luca. I love the Mavs. um, And I think that over time, now that KP's contract is gone, I don't know what kind of contract Dinwiddie's on, but I believe that they freed up some space or at least, you know, some time where uh, Dinwiddie's contract will end a little bit sooner and they can go out and get Luca that second piece cuz i think a lot of stars in this league want to go there and play yeah, with Luka Doncic. Man,
0: they should be building around Luka and i think that they're just dragging along like they need to start doing it like this offseason because come on man, he's too good of a player to just be by himself in Dallas.
1: Yeah, i agree. Um and then i think i think the Warriors uh will keep it up. I think the yeah. Warriors will only get better. Uh, I'm just throwing out team names right now. Yeah. Uh the Clippers i think believe it or not are very much overachieving considering they don't have Paul George or Kawhi. Um, But let's talk about the East a little bit since that's, that's Mm -hmm. where we are, right? That's what we care about. Uh, Do you see Miami and Chicago really being impactful, like dangerous teams in this conference?
0: No, not definitely not Chicago. I really, since the beginning of the year, I know they've been hot. That Chicago team does not scare me one bit. We beat them right. Like three times already. Um, you know, we have the season sweep on the Chicago Bulls. They do not scare me because they will never be able to stop Joel Embiid. They will never be able to stop Joel Embiid. Do you think Vucevic is really going to stop Joel Embiid? Like, he shreds up that Chicago team. So I, don't, they, I don't think
1: DeRozan's play is sustainable.
0: Yeah, and it's – you. come on. It's just I don't like their team. Uh, Lonzo's hurt uh caruso's hurt uh levine has been a little inconsistent this year although i love zach levine um but i just don't see them they they don't got enough uh chemistry and enough uh experience to really make a run in the playoffs so they don't scare me at all and i actually do see them being like a second round matchup for the sixers um miami miami will always be scary uh you know spolstra i love spolstra as a coach um you know, and Jimmy Butler's Jimmy Butler. He's that man. Uh Thresh. You know, <laughs> I I don't I, I still miss him as part of the Sixers. Um, and then I mean that Miami team will always be scary, but both right. those teams don't scare me as like a title contender for the Sixers. I think that we will be playing the Bulls in the playoffs, and we'll be easily beating the Bulls. But yeah, I mean DeRozan,
1: DeRozan's twenty eight points a game on fifty plus percent shooting. Like, come on. I, I mean, I get it. First half of the season, he's doing really well. Props to him. Um, I I do like DeRozan as a player, as a guy. Um, So, you know, I'm happy for him that he got out of San Antonio, uh, you know, got to a team that, that he can really bowl out in and show off his skills. But he's not a 28 points a game player.
0: Yeah. Um, And And he's not in the MVP discussion for me. I'm sorry. He's not. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: There's one, there's two players in the MVP discussion. That's Jokic and Embiid. Embiid. I
0: mean, you could say little Giannis over Jokic right now, but definitely Embiid's our MVP.
1: Yeah. I I mean, right. So uh, besides that, I mean, I'm not, Miami doesn't scare me. I I don't think, I don't think Miami has what it takes to beat us. I mean, I think they're a good team. I think they're a great regular season team. But they just, to me, what I'm seeing now is to win a championship, you need to just have someone exceptional. Um, And by exceptional, I mean like where Joel Embiid has gotten this season. Like even last year, uh, Joel Embiid was phenomenal, right? But I don't think he had what it took to bring us to a championship. This year, I think he does. I think he's taken that next step. Uh, If you look at the way he's playing out of double teams this year, if you look at the composure he has, if you look at the court vision that he has, the way he's improved in his passing game and things like that, um, he's now at a place where there, I mean, nobody's a perfect player. There are flaws in his game, mm-hmm. but there are no glaring flaws like Agreed. there was last year where you could say, just double team the guy, you know, just make him pass, just cut off the lane. Now he's there
0: mm-hmm. and
1: beats there. percent. Um, and, and I don't think Miami has that. I mean, i'm sorry but jimmy butler is a a mediocre player
0: i disagree but yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh, like
1: he's he's good sure he's good but he's not the type of player that'll ever win you a championship um he almost i I think it's uh, almost almost (laughs) only counts when you're not playing lebron
0: i mean he's Uh, had more finals appearances than joel Embiid right now you know it's just it's it the whole jimmy thing yeah like it still hurts that he left Philly and like, I did lose like respect for him for doing that, but you know, he's still like balling with that Miami team. And I think they're a little under the radar, but like we could go, we could debate that all day, but I I agree. I don't see Miami as a title favorite. I really don't.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we can and most likely will at some point have this extended conversation about Jimmy Butler, because this is one of the things that me and you disagree on the most in basketball. Um, I don't, I don't think Jimmy Butler is that good of a player. So stay tuned for that episode. Um, With that being said, um, let me get your way too early uh, halfway point of the season. Um, I want to know who you got in the conference finals in each conference.
0: I got the Sixers playing the Bucs in the Eastern conference finals. I don't think the Nets will make it to the Eastern conference finals. They'll either lose to the Bucs or the Sixers in the round before um, I don't believe in that Nets team. I really don't. I think Ben Simmons is going to succeed a lot, but I don't think that they'll be able with, if Kyrie, unless Kyrie gets vaccinated, this whole conversation will be very, very different. But right now I don't think he is. I think he's going to stick with this word like an idiot. Um, and I think that it's going to be bucks versus Sixers. And then in the West it's tough. I'm going to go with the easy pick. I'm going to go Phoenix and Golden state.
1: Fair enough. Um, in the in the west, I, I still have the Lakers making the conference finals. Wow. I think it's I think it's uh I guess I guess it would be Phoenix LA um, or Golden State LA. I guess it depends on how the bracket shakes up. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take Warriors and Lakers in the West. And then the East, I'm gonna take uh, I mean it depends. If the caveat, if if Kyrie schedules a CVS appointment, I think it's <laughs> Sixers Nets. And if not, I think it's Sixers Bucks
0: it'll be Uh, what if for sure MVP of
1: the league I think is is Joel Embiid do we agree on
0: that 110% yeah no question right now unless god forbid an injury happens knock on wood um it's Joel Embiid's MVP cool
1: well that's those are our predictions yeah Uh, and I I think I think it's pretty good for for
0: me too uh this was a lot of fun for our like our first episode back we apologize Took us a little while, you know, life hits, right? (laughs) You know, Um, but we're so excited to be back on here, back talking about what we love, and that's the NBA, the Sixers, and sports in general. Um, Stay tuned for uh, other channels, uh, other like sub channels that we're going to create and episodes. And, you know, we'll be on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, Raji, thanks for coming on. We'll see you same time next week. And uh, thanks for watching NBA Weekly. Same time next week.